0: To Denver Sports Tonight. Taking a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. From your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. DenverSports.com. Good! Colorado in the Rocky Mountain Mile High region. What is up? It is Denver Sports Tonight. I am your host, Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams. But first we gotta get into some news items as yesterday I'm sitting at the top of Manitou's incline and yes I made it and barely <laughs> uh, but I was proud to, to make that hike up at uh, beautiful Manitou Springs, and the phone's buzzing. Phone's going off. And I'm like, I can't talk right now. (laughs) I'm out of breath. I am tired. My legs are on fire. My lungs are on fire. But, well, sometimes there's certain people that call you that you have to take that phone call. So, uh, you know, checking in with some people around the league, as I often do, especially this time of year, just say what's going on. Uh, I know that uh, i got friends up in the Canadian Football League that are reaching out, talking about prospects that could be potentially available to them. I know that, you know, NFL teams and people that I contact with keeping track of news items. What's the latest on Josh Allen? Oh, that's spicy. Um, you know, so it's, it's always good just to check in. Hi, what's going on, everybody? Those type of things. So, I'd been reaching out about the Jonathan Taylor thing because the Miami Dolphins are hot and heavy after Jonathan Taylor. Taylor's been allowed to seek a trade. And as I've said online, like, why was that a big news story? Like, that was, that was pretty much a story since the beginning of August. So, pretty much for three weeks, we've known that Jonathan Taylor wanted out wanted to be traded. And there were rumblings even before uh, the end of July into August, if you've got your ear to the ground, so to speak. So I merely asked the question to people that I know who and who else would be interested? Like who's on the radar here? They've had six teams in choir, two teams that seem to be the most serious, and those two teams are the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos. So when you look at this situation and you go, well, wait a second, <laughs> the Denver Broncos, uh, that's interesting. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Now, here's the part that stings the most because you may think, well, wait a second, they got Javante Williams and they've got Samaje Ryan, and Jaleel McLaughlin looks like a stud in the making. All those things are true. But here's the problem. Here's the frustration. And this was also something that was reminded to me. Shout out Dave Kluge, my coworker at footballguys.com, because he had reminded me when I was telling people behind the scenes like this, Ursae's, Jim Ursay is gaming the system. And let me explain this. But it was my friend Dave Kluge who, Kluge, who reminded me that the Baltimore Ravens did this with Lamar Jackson. The Los Angeles Chargers did this with Austin Eckler. So I already have a recent history at the running back position where it's like, yeah, you can look for a trade. What are you going to get paid? Oh, we'll just pay you that. Like we've seen that happen before. Running back is an exploitative position. So your team may have real interest. And... You know, what that would that require? I, I think people are getting ahead of themselves because honestly, I think Jim Irsay is not going to trade Jonathan Taylor. I think Jim Irsay is gaming the system and he's allowing Taylor and his representation to basically do the work for him instead of being like a good guy. Now, good guy and Jim Irsay are not two phrases that go in uh, hand in hand. Let's say that. So, you know, Jim Irsay, he is letting other teams show their interest, let in other teams make offers to Jonathan Taylor and his representation, and then I believe, and not only do I believe, but there's several people around the league that also believe, Jim Irsay will just say, okay, we'll pay you that. Or, okay, how about this? Or, okay, let's work it out. It makes no sense for that team with Anthony Richardson at quarterback. And Richardson, I really appreciate his game. He definitely has some Josh Allen to his game. But, man, alive is that kid raw. He's incredibly raw. He needs time. He needs to start from day one. Don't give me this Gardner Minshew stuff, like, whatever. Like, um, that was a fun little story. I'm sure Richie Carney still has his Gardner Minshew outfit somewhere, save for a Halloween to be kitschy. But at the end of the day, it makes zero sense. And, again, I'm talking to people in the league, talking to people – North of the border in the league as well, in, in the Canadian league. but uh, So yesterday, an, an, an informative day, but also a frustrating one. Because at the end of the day, I think Jim Irsay is just trying to make other teams figure out what the market is for Jonathan Taylor. What could he really get paid? What would teams really be willing to give up for him? That's the question. And then, once that is established, it's like, okay, um... Well, then what would you give up for him? And at the end of the day, with the Colts supposedly or, or, you know, according to Buzz, wanting more than what the 49ers gave up for Christian McCaffrey, like this is something where you go, is this even going to happen is this just all talk? And there's some running back situations around the league like that as well. The Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, Josh Jacobs, everyone's Jonathan today. The Josh Jacobs situation. I mean, the Raiders are just dumb. Let's be honest there. And I'm not supposed to be mean or whatever, but like, yeah, the they're, they're Raiders, their franchise, the fan base, um, I, I just awful, terrible, tremendously terrible. And, and, I've been told in joking manners, like, Mark Davis can't do anything without asking a bank first. You know? And obviously Mark Davis is worth a hell of a lot more than I am, but still, like, that's something where across the league, everybody knows that team's broke. In Vegas, by the way. Does anyone want to be broke in Vegas? Sounds like about the worst possible thing you could be in that city where nothing's cheap anymore in Vegas. It used to be able to go to Vegas... And it was like the buffets, like five bucks, you're eating prime rib, whatever, because they want you to spend money in the casinos. Now everything's expensive in Vegas. Either way, Um, the Raiders situation, that's ridiculous. Josh Jacobs deleting a tweet saying, I'm not going to show up before week one. But again, in talking to people around the league, I'm inquiring about Jonathan Taylor. I'm inquiring about Josh Jacobs. I want to know what's going on. And yeah, part of it's for fantasy football purposes. I'll be full disclosure about that. But I want to know, and checking it's just good to check in with people. It's just good to, you know, say what's up, how's the family, these type of things, these conversations. Uh, But it always gets back to business, baby. And if there's one thing about NFL people or football people in general, because, again, I was talking to Canadian football teams as well, um, man alive, do they love to talk. (laughs) Um, But the Jacobs thing, most everyone believes that the Raiders will call his bluff, he will show up. There's no, I mean, he doesn't want to be there. I'm not even supposed to be here. It's like Dante and Clerks, right? I'm not even supposed to be here today. But Jacobs, there's no buzz about him. And again, anything can happen. This thing moves quickly. I'm just telling you what I heard. But, like, Jay, I don't think Jacobs goes anywhere. He's just a disgruntled employee with the Las Vegas Raiders. That sounds like Devontae Adams. The disgruntled Raiders, everybody. You think it's going to work out for them with Josh McDaniels? They'll be a laughing stock in the league. So, Broncos, go kick the crap out of him week one. Either way, with this Jonathan Taylor situation, I know that the Denver Broncos were more interested in Dalvin Cook than anyone was ever letting on. And no matter who you listen to, I'm an insider. Like, whoever you listen to, and, you know, hey, the Dalvin Cook thing, and then the George Payton connection in Minnesota, and hey, let's go here, like... The Broncos were interested in Dalvin Cook. Did the off-field stuff with Dalvin Cook uh, cause a, you know, hesitancy with the Denver Broncos? I cannot answer that question. I can ask the question, because at the end of the day, with the familiarity that George Payton has with a Dalvin Cook, like, why didn't that deal come together? The Broncos wanted Dalvin Cook. They didn't get him. And, oh, you got to face him now because of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, okay, I'm sick. Hard Knocks is boring. It's dumb. Two rules in life. Don't be dumb. Don't be in a cult. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, Jets fans, enough, enough. I'm sick of it. I'm already sick of Aaron Rodgers. And I'm the guy that wanted him here, mainly for the controversy. I love a good controversy. But either way, like, (sighs) we all can be excited by the idea of Jonathan Taylor wearing a Denver Broncos jersey. We can all know that the belief around the league, and again, nobody talks at Dove Valley. So if you think, thinking I ain't heard from sources, like, nah, ain't nobody talking. Why? Because Sean Payton is riding her on everybody. And I mean everybody. We know that in prior regimes, you could basically know pretty much anything you wanted if you talked to the right people. And that was on the staff, You know, whether that was PR people or coaches. I remember when uh, years ago when Eric Studisville got relieved of his duties and everyone in the media was so upset. I was like, yeah, that's because Studi would tell you everything. Like, I'm upset, not because you lost a good coach. And I believe in Eric Studisville as a good coach. I think he's a good man as well. No, the media was upset because they lost somebody that would talk to him. Like, let's be honest. As I said earlier on Stokely and Zach with James and Will, if you're not confused, please follow along. Uh, with James and Will on Stokely and Zach, I just said, hey, um, the the tent where the media is, hardly anyone's watching practice. Clis is taking notes. Mace has taken notes. Troy Rank's got his binoculars out. I'm taking notes. But so many people just don't pay attention, and it drives me bonkers. It's one of the reasons why, if you've gone to training camp, I'm rarely in that tent. Because I don't like being over there. Because nobody's there about football. It's all about networking and rubbing elbows and whatever. That's just dumb. Again, rule number one in life. Don't be dumb. So when I look at this Jonathan Taylor thing and talking to people, like the Denver Broncos have interest, but it's not going to be enough to move the needle. It's not going to be enough to get anything done. In my opinion, my opinion and the opinion of others is that Jim Arce with the Indianapolis Colts is just allowing his guy to seek a trade so he can kind of figure out what the market is and then he can just pay him. And if you were wondering, well, what did the Panthers get in trade with the San Francisco 49ers, here's what they gave up. For Christian McCaffrey, they acquired a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, a 2023 fourth-round pick, and a yet-to-be-paid 2024 fifth-round pick. So a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. That was for Christian McCaffrey. The Colts, the rumors are the Colts would want more than that, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth, spread over two years, basically, 2023s and 2024. Well, if it's Jonathan Taylor and it's more, and it would either be the first-rounder or equivalent to a first-round player, what would that be? But before we even get to that point, because I've seen fans run rampant with this and speculation, and what would they do, and what, that mean? what does that mean for Javante? I believe if this was... If Jim Irsay wasn't gaming the system, and this is a problem, I, I don't have a lot good to say about Jim Irsay, and I do not want to be personal because I don't want to get in trouble, but if Jim Irsay was serious about allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Because, again, I think he's flim-flamming it. I think he's gaming it. I think Jim Irsay is the villain in this situation, in most situations. But either way, when we talk about Jonathan Taylor specifically, if it was, you got to give more than Christian McCaffrey. Well, that was a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth, over two years. Okay, so now that would likely be a first. Well, it would also be a player that could equal a first and, well is that Javante Williams, if the Broncos were to make a move and the Dolphins were to bow out of the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes because Miami is the number one team, it was my belief before yesterday that Miami was the only team. The only team. And I'd done some nosing around over the weekend. Again, it wasn't news to me that Jonathan Taylor is going to be allowed to seek a trade because that was already known for like three weeks, a month. So... Okay, I'd already been digging on this Taylor situation, and Miami, clearly they wanted Dalvin Cook. Clearly they want Jonathan Taylor. So you'd have to be somewhat happy to have with Miami. It's too rich for their their taste or whatever. But Miami, and now Devin A. Chain, incredibly talented rookie and with incredible speed. He's their Jalen McLaughlin, although he's a draft pick, and you got to be super excited about him, especially from a fantasy perspective, but, like, a-Chain's banged up. You've got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Those guys aren't as good as a Javante and a Samaje. Javante Samadji. and And uh, not to disagree with my boss, James Merrillat, I love you, James. Um, but I don't think Javante and Samaje are a below-average group or, you know, oh, the rest of the league, they got better guys. No, no, no. Look at Miami. Look at Miami. Miami has everything that it takes to compete for a Super Bowl. They have it all. Tua's got to stay healthy. And please, no more concussions. I don't even like the concussion jokes. Them's just jokes. I don't want to sound like toothpick, but like I, I I've heard people that kind of like make fun or poke fun at Tua. That's a brain bruise. It's a major brain injury. I don't think there's anything funny about that. Ah-ha-ha, ha, Tua concussion. Ah, ha, ha. Like that again. Rule number one in life: don't be dumb. That's dumb to make fun of Tua for having those brain injuries. That's serious, man. But if you're Miami, you have Raheem Mostert, who's fine when he's healthy, he's never healthy. They have Jeff Wilson, who's fine when he's healthy, he's never healthy. And those guys are just like, okay, they're fast, to be sure, all-purpose, to be sure, know that Shanahan system, to be sure, but they're not better than Javante and Samadji. So if Jim Mercer wasn't gaming the system, and you could actually think, what would Jonathan Taylor look like in a Denver Broncos? And listen, nobody loves Javante Williams more than me. Proven. On record, that item is my number one back over Najee Harris. Super excited! I said at Javante's pro day, the Broncos should get Javante Williams. I love the guy. I love him. There is no one that that cares for that young man more than I do, other than his family. Like I love Javante Williams, but I'm here to tell you, Jonathan Taylor is better. No question. And I don't think that's even debatable. If you are debating that, like, come on, man. Like, let's let's be real here. Jonathan Taylor is a better runner, he's more explosive, he's a better receiver, he's a legitimate superstar running back. I believe Javante was on that track. I compared Javante to Nick Chubb, who I believe is the best running back in all of football. Sorry, apologies to King Henry. And then Javante shredded his knee. Now, I know he's back, but I'm not sure if Javante will ever be the same again. He looks good out there. He looks like he's about 85% Javante, which is still better than a lot of backs around there around the league. Um, he's going to work in tandem with Samaje, probably 50-50 split. Jaleel McLaughlin should have packages. If you're Sean Payton right now, what you should be doing, and I hope this is the case. I hope that Sean Payton is somewhere dreaming of a package of plays that will be extensively used for the Denver Broncos of Jaleel McLaughlin getting the ball. Because I dream of it, and it's glorious, baby. So hopefully Sean Payton is doing the same thing, and I have a feeling that he is. So again, if Jim say wasn't gaming the system, if he wasn't essentially letting Jonathan Taylor see what his value is so he could just pay him anyway, you would have to think that If the Broncos were to somehow leapfrog the Miami Dolphins, it wouldn't be with picks. Everyone's all sensitive about the picks. I'm Mr. Draft. And you know what I say? Forget them picks. I want to say something else, but I can't. KJ has the dump button ready. But, hey, 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 what's that? You can have Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Forget them picks. Forget them picks. However, you're not talking about giving up a first-rounder. You've done it too much. Enough, buddy. Enough. Like, you you're keeping your first-rounder. But if you were truly in on Jonathan Taylor, it would include Javante Williams. You're not going to have a. I I do not envision a scenario, one, where Jonathan Taylor is here. The Broncos have interest. They're behind the Miami Dolphins. There are six teams that reportedly have interest. I've been told the Broncos are likely one of those teams. And number two, only behind Miami but it wouldn't I, I can't envision a future where Jonathan Taylor's here and Javante Williams is here. That and then Samaji Piran's here, and then Jalim Lagna, like it does it does not compute. And you're not getting rid of Samanja, you just got him. You would probably move on from Javante in a package of picks, Javante and a third rounder and a fifth rounder, Javante and a second rounder and a seventh rounder. Like something like that. If Jim Mursay wasn't and boy I wish I could cuss. <laughs> Wasn't being a jerk. All right? So what will happen in this Jonathan Taylor situation? And you're excited, I'm excited, everybody's excited. Here's what's going to happen. Just like when Austin. Well, what Austin Eckler? Eaton's finest Western State. Wasted State. What's up? I say how you do it in Wasted State. Western State, whatever. Austin Eckler, allowed to seek a trade. They found out what his market was. They paid him a little bit. Lamar Jackson, allowed to seek a trade. They found out what his market was. And they just paid him. Jonathan Taylor, allowed to seek a trade. Find out what his market is. Germ. germ. <laughs> I guess I could combine it, right? Germ and Jim Ursay. Jim Ursay, Germ Ursay. It's kind of gross, huh? What's up with that red nose? Oh, I know. Anyway, um, Jim Ursay is just going to pay Jonathan Taylor. It's probably not much. Probably not as much as Jonathan Taylor would want. And not as much as he deserves. Here's the thing about this exploitative thing with running backs. It is so God-blessed unfair. And I know life's unfair, but, like, and trust me, as a blue-collar person myself, and I understand when people get upset over player salaries, I do, because, one, I know a lot of really good people that cannot afford to go to a Broncos game. And not only because they can't afford to get eggs, because <laughs> eggs and a full tank of gas, man, you're living large if you can do that. But, like, I, I get it, right? Oh, man, these guys have make millions to play a kid's game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong, but also the market is there. These owners make billions and show me a good billionaire and I'll show you uh, the Ark of the Covenant. It's in my back pocket. Like, eh, these running backs get screwed, for lack of a better term. Okay? Clean it up, whatever. But, like, you're Jonathan Taylor. You want to get paid. You're probably not going to get paid. You're going to find out what your market is. It's not going to be as much as you think. And your owner, who may or may not have unscrupulous things or whatever, like, yeah, your owner's just going to pay you. Jim Irsay's just going to pay you. Jim Irsay is fooling. Now, Jim Irsay is like Toothpick from Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. I was fooling, y'all. That's what Jim is doing right now. Right now, Jim Irsay, we allow Jonathan Taylor, because here's how the Colts can spin it. It's all about PR, right, baby? Here's how the Colts are going to spin it. Well, we allowed Jonathan to seek a trade, and we were unable to come to an agreement with any team, and we just found out that we we can't live without him. We love this guy. Got to have him. Love him. Here's your money. And it's not even going to be what he should get. Because Jonathan Taylor is a bona fide superstar. And to play revisionist draft history. And this is why God bless, God bless everyone. But when quarterbacks are going to bat for someone, when quarterbacks are doing the scout thing and standing, scanning, standing on the table, Pat Mahomes stood on the table for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who might get cut. <laughs> so they take him in the first round ahead of Jonathan Taylor. Now, y'all can't stand the Chiefs, most of you out there, and Chiefs fans can't stand me, so uh, I have no problem saying this. <sighs> Forget you, Kansas City. Um, imagine if the Chiefs had Jonathan Taylor, they would never lose. I hate the Chiefs, you hate the Chiefs. I actually like have mad respect for a lot of people in that building because my God, do they know how to run a football team? And it drives me insane. I'm here. And Pat Mahomes, he's doing things we've never seen before. No, he's doing stuff John Elway did in the 80s. But I'll tell you this, that dude is rare. Incredible talent. And yeah, am I a little bit jealous? Yeah. Would it have been great to go from covering Peyton Manning to covering Pat Mahomes? Yeah. But I'll tell you this, I don't want him scouting. <laughs> hey, we should really get Clyde Edwards-Layer. No, Jonathan Taylor was the best back that year. Okay? And I'm an LSU honk because Sue's broken my heart too many times. Although with Dion, I love you, Dion, I'm back. I'm back in Boulder, baby. Don't get waxed by Nebraska. Anyway, um, it's like, yeah, it's the same thing with like Russ standing on the table from Montrell. It's like, no, no, man. Come on, no. No. It was a mistake. Anyway, so yes, teams think and the buzz is the Broncos have interest. Jonathan Taylor, only behind the Miami Dolphins. But teams also think the Jim Ursays just trying to flim-flam you. It's not about belief, it's about fact. <laughs> so let's not get too excited. I am Cecil Lamy. It is Denver Sports Tonight, and I'm excited about what I saw at the joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams. It wasn't all bad. It, people are... There are so many misconceptions about this Broncos team. I will set the record straight, and I'll do it next. It's Denver Sports Tonight on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Hey, Cecil Lamy here talking about the Denver Broncos, and they had joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams, and I could make the argument that these joint practices are more important than... The preseason games, plural. Now, obviously, the game, and, and listen, if you can go to a Broncos game, it's a special occasion, it's a special occurrence, and even if it's only, only, I say, a preseason game, uh, trust me, I understand um, I understand what it's like for a lot of people out there, okay? And going to a football game, if you've got a family of four, you're dropping, you know, 600 bucks, And that's if you get the tickets at a good price. But you've got parking, you've got concessions, maybe little Timmy wants a jersey or something. like it. it's, a, it's a significant financial output for your family in tough times. Make no doubt about it. These are lean financial times for a lot of people out there. That is not lost on me whatsoever. So you're going to go to this game, nobody's going to play. <laughs> you're going to go to this game, and you're not going to see anybody. Because it's the final preseason game. And it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, uh, nobody plays. I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything because there's a lot of end of the bench guys that it means a lot for. Why do you think I was talking Canadian teams yesterday? Because there's plenty of teams in Canada and one in particular, one of my dear friends, um, that run teams that are like, hey, who's down there that we could pluck, you know? hey, who do you think could make it up in Canada? And it's a different game in Canada. So I'm not saying that the final preseason game doesn't matter, but you're going to watch a lot of guys that are going to play in Canada (laughs) or the XXFL or the USFL or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, if I could have played beyond six-man football in high school when I was not good, um, yes, of course I would have done it. It was much better at basketball because... I truly do love, love basketball. Obviously, obviously love football as well and love what I saw from the Denver Broncos. Not everything, okay, because, and listen, I've said it a million times. I don't want to offend when I say it because I tend to offend, but either way, hot takes are dumb. Rule number one in life, don't be dumb. And this whole like runaway, like the the Broncos were terrible today. Who's saying that? Who in the hell is saying that? Because I'll guarantee you this, I bet they were not even paying attention. Tell me you watch football. You don't know what you're talking about. The Broncos were terrible today. The, the Rams were better than the Broncos. But Andrew Mason pointed this out on Orange and Blue today, 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time every day. And listen, this is the truth about the Denver Broncos. The Rams have been running that system for seven years. The Broncos are a work in progress, and I'm not making excuses for them, but Russ had how many drops a day? Russell Wilson had a good day, okay? Nate Jackson and I were talking about this before the show. Nate's, Nate sees things so quickly, and it's one thing I appreciate about former pros. Not all of them, but most of them. Most former pros are going to see stuff incredibly fast. They're going to be able to just know because they know ball. So Nate was talking about this. Him and I were talking before the drive. And it's like, Russ had a good day. If you're all out there promoting like, Russ was off and Russ, I thought there was a tick slow pass to Burton. The Burton caught, by the way. Fullback's going to catch some passes this year. Michael Burton probably a uh, couple, couple, three touchdowns. Some surprise touchdowns to be sure. A little short out, whatever. Um... I thought Russ was a little bit slow on some reads, but there were some pretty passes that hit the dirt because his receivers let him down, and yes, that means Jerry Judy. Judy wasn't the only one. Kendall Hinton's known to have some drops from time to time. But listen, there's this whole thing of, like, everything has to be in the extreme, and I'm not even talking about sports. Yes, I'm talking about life in general. Everything's not at the extreme, okay? So when people are promoting, like, you know, Russell Wilson does something, it's the greatest, or it's the worst. That's None of that's true. The Broncos weren't better than the Rams today. But I did not see a team get pushed around like I saw this team get pushed around when the 49ers showed up four years ago and just said, you know what, this place is ours. San Francisco came in here and punked. The Denver Broncos on their own damn practice field. Except for Tim Patrick and Philip Lindsay. The only guys that had any fight. The next day, the Broncos had some more fight. Why? They probably got their ass chewed. Good! Football is about overweight men and windbreakers yelling at you. So yeah, go take your chewing. Get up there and play better. The Broncos did that against the 49ers. That first day was ugly. Today wasn't ugly. The drops were ugly. The offsides were ugly. Nick Benito, stop. Stop jumping offsides, dude. I get it. You want to get off the quarterback? The Rams used tempo as a weapon. Pastor Tan talked about it. But this is something in the script. Not the Arian Foster script. But the script. The script is between Sean Payton and Sean McVay. The Sean's. Where's Sean John? The Sean's. Are like, hey, I want to work on this. And I'm sure Sean Payton and Vance Joseph said, we want to see our team against tempo. So the Rams were like, gladly obliged. Let's run some tempo. And the Broncos had struggles against tempo. You know what they won't have struggles against tomorrow? Tempo. This is how this thing works. I'm not saying that everyone needs to be stoic and just, no, it doesn't matter. But I just believe there's this overreaction that is—it's unfair, because—and not like we're gatekeepers on anything, okay? But we get to see this practice. Most of y'all don't because it was only open to sponsors, VIPs, or whatever. But like, it is unfair to start fearmongering among Broncos country. Like, you guys weren't good against the and then the Cardinals, and then you guys did, this, and then Russell only played, and Russ is running too much. Stop. Stop please it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that we've been duped not only in football but in life to react to this fear the Broncos were fine today the Rams were better and I said it on Soakley and Zach with will and James ride with me here is that this is like a five baby the Ram the 49ers 49ers here punk at the Broncos that was a 10 in terms of concern it's like a five okay? Russ had a good day. He was let down by his receivers. The Broncos receivers did not have a good day today. But I'll tell you this, Garrett Bowles played well. I was watching Garrett Bowles like a hawk. As I am very focused on what Garrett Garrett Bowles needs to get paid. Okay? I've had people say, oh, well, you just you know you don't like Garrett Bowles and you hey, I'm the guy he's waving, breaking his arm, waving at with Chipotle, right? Like, I appreciate Garrett Bowles. I appreciate his story. I appreciate his motivation. I appreciate his faith in his family. Like, that story, you want to root for a guy like Garrett Bowles, man. I'm sitting here saying he's got to get paid. I want him to play so well that he gets paid. He hasn't been playing well. He hasn't been looking good. If you're honest, you can say that. Legitimately say that. Today was his best day of training camp. No Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald's in the middle, baby. So, can you name a Rams pass rusher? A lot of people can't. I get it. Not even Justin Hollins kicking around anymore. Like, I I get it. No Von Miller, whatever is whatever. But, like, I'm going to tell you what happened. And what what had happened was, is Garrett Bowles had a good day of practice. I think Garrett Bowles had his best day of practice. Russ had some time. Russ was on time, for the most part. Maybe a little, a half a beat, half a beat, Eddie Slow, on the the Burton throw specifically is what's stuck in my craw. But, yeah, a touchdown pass go right through Jerry Judy's hands. I mean, come on. You had a throw to Marvin Mims. Marvin Mims is the truth, everybody. I can, it's incredible. Tremendous. This young man, I got to tell you. On that pass to the flat, if Russ hits that, because Russ was off on that throw, okay, Russ had a good day, but that was an off throw. If he hits Marvin Mims on that, he's gone. I'm not talking about, like, move the chains. Hey, nice little throw and whatever, 10 yards. I'm talking about 80 yards to the flipping house touchdown Broncos. So you're going to sit here and tell me, oh, well, there's, uh, the Broncos, and they, they're just terrible today, and they're, they suck, and they're just awful. Like, none of that is true. And again, not to spill any beans and not to be personal, and not to be offensive. There's a lot of people that get a badge to Centura Health Training Center that don't watch practice, and it really offends me, like really offends me. That's why I love Troy Rank out there with the binoculars. That's why I love Mike Kliss with the notebook, right? There's some some really quality uh, reporters, quality analysts, that are watching practice. But there's probably 70% of the media that is just there to network and tell Dick Cheney jokes. I don't have time for it, baby. I don't care. I want to watch ball. And when I watched the Broncos today, I saw a team that got outplayed by the Rams. I'm not worried, though. Now, what do I need to see tomorrow? I'll tell you that next. Next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Denver Sports Tonight. Cecil Lammy talking about the Denver Broncos' joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams. And if you love Denver sports, I got a spot for you. I got a guy. Well, I got a whole group for you. How about a whole staff? DenverSports.com is where you need to go bookmark it. DenverSports.com, no damn paywalls. Come on in denversports.com, sign up for that Denver Sports Daily, it's free it's a daily newsletter, Monday through Friday hot and fresh to your inbox all the top Denver sports news from around the world of, well, Denver sports it's delivered right to you, as I often say, you've got a life, we don't (laughs) so let us do that heavy lifting, y'all go live your life do the important stuff, we'll take care of the sports side, we'll keep you up to date it is the Denver Sports Daily you can get it for free at denversports.com. Of course, bookmark the site. Go back there every day. Check us out. Watch our our growing YouTube channel, Denver Sports uh, YouTube channel. We appreciate y'all. Lots of love for Orange and Blue today. Just uh, appreciate you. There's no better way to put it. um, And doing a show every day with Andrew Mason, it is a complete joy because we're kind of the same (laughs) in terms of, like, loving football, nerding out about football, you want to nerd out on football with us, well, it's Orange and Blue today, 3.30 p.m. on our digital channels here at Denver Sports. Now, the Broncos were not as good as the Rams today. What do they need to do tomorrow? Well, the players that played well, Alberto Kowebunom, played really well. Phenomenal week here. Are we seeing Alberto carve out a role for himself on this team? We might be. I still think he's on the bubble. I still think that he doesn't make this team. But he's doing everything to make this team. And I give him credit for that. The physical talent's always been there. The physical stuff's easy to see. So when someone's like, Albert O's really big and fast and strong. Uh Uh-huh. And it's good to breathe oxygen. Okay? Like, yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's easy. Can Albert O block? Block. Pass block block. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you kind of can. And today, when Greg Dulcich did exactly nothing, Alberto kind of stole the show. Troutman looked good. He's your starter. He's your number one tight end, everybody. That wasn't a surprise. Depth chart came out and fantasy GMs are losing their minds on Twitter. It's like, you haven't been paying attention. If you're offended or outraged that Adam Troutman is the number one tight end, what's going on? What's going on is you're not paying attention. And over the last week, Alberto Kowebunom has been better than Greg Dulcich. Doesn't mean that, you know, he's the best or whatever. It just means this is what's happening right now. You need Garrett Bowles to continue to have a good day. Garrett Bowles was really good today. Best day of training camp. Tomorrow, I want to see a repeat performance. And then what you have to go back to is, okay, who didn't get it done? They did an entire session of one-on-one pit drills, offensive line versus defensive line. Nobody won on Denver except Matt Henningsen. Can we see a change? Can I see Zach Allen get a win? Can I see Randy Gregory in a drill get a win? When the team period came around, Gregory was there. Now they were running away from him, largely. They were running some screens around him. like They were trying to avoid Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory is a freak. He's an absolute beast, monster, incredible player. He's awesome when he's healthy for about 10 games. I would like to see in these drills, uh, it was Pat Sertan versus Cooper Cup. You know who won today? Cooper Cup. And this was his first day back. Cooper Cup had been out of practice the entirety of training camp. Today was his first day back, and he worked against Pat Sertan, and he won at least two times. There was a drop there from Cooper Cup. But, hey, hey, Pat. Now, Deion Sanders, I always bring this up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Deion Sanders posted his six best cornerbacks. Number one was Tariq Wollin. And number two was Pat Sertan. But either way, Pat Sertan, I think, Deion thinks Tariq is the best. I think that Pat Sertan is the best in the league, number one. Hey, Pat, go get him, kid. Go get Cooper Cup. And I know it's a little more difficult matchup because he's like, a you know, underneath, quick, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go push him around. <laughs> see how he reacts to that. So I want to see, I want to continue to see these sorts of things. And if you had a bad day, baby, T-sizzle it. Shake it off. Right? And get back at it. Out there at Health.com. Training Center, CHTC. we going to watch it tomorrow with great interest. How do the Denver Broncos respond? And then we can grade both days. I'm writing about it right now at denversports.com. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the Broncos. Joint practices with the Los Angeles Rams. Andrew Mason writing his practice report as we speak right now. So make sure to stay tuned for that. Bookmark at denversports.com. And we've got your best coverage right here at DenverSports.com. You hear that sweet Ronnie James dear, You know that's a wrap. I am Cecil Lammy. You can follow me on all the socials at Cecil Lammy. Appreciate you all. My man KJ, always having my back as the man of the box. I am Cecil Lammy saying thanks for listening. As always, look out. And, of course, stay frosty, baby. Something coming for you.